Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh, mercy! Five, four, three, two, one. From the warehouse inside Oriole Park at Camden Yards, Paul Mancano and Bobby Blanco back with the Masson All Access podcast. Bobby, I just love saying that from the warehouse. I, I struggled to find an open for this for the longest time. Uh-huh. I think that's a good kind of open. Yeah. Because that, that's where we are. Right. And I think that shows that, you know, we have our studio here. This is yeah. our headquarters and um, we're here every day and our, we have the best office view in oh, all of Baltimore. America. Yeah. Or <laughs> def- okay. America. Sure. <laughs> right outside right field at Cannon Yards. Um, yeah. Watch the guys. They're setting up to take batting practice as we record yep. uh, before the finale against the Yankees. Um, yeah. I think anytime you can open up saying we're at the warehouse at Camden Yards, people are automatically tuned in. Yep, it's the best place to be. Uh, We are talking Orioles today. Today they are going up against the Yankees, all coming off a terrific win last night. This podcast, we're going to touch on that. We're also going to touch on who the Orioles should trade at the deadline who, what they could potentially get back, some of the rumors that they're, we're hearing then. We're also talking about Jonathan Scope and his return to form over the past couple weeks. Uh, and, you know, how this team will look in a couple weeks, what kind of excitement we can uh, generate for this team yeah. once they totally remake themselves. And we're less than a week away from the All-Star game in D.C., so uh, there's a lot going on, and we'll be there front and center um, at Nats Park covering it all, so we'll give you a little preview of what to expect from Mass and All Access coming up in the next couple of days. And um, some young kids look after yeah. uh, if you're an Orioles fan um, in the All-Stars Futures game on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Plenty to get into. So let's start with this current series going up against the Yankees. For whatever reason, the Orioles have had the Yankees number this season. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. Like, you think about how bad the Orioles have been and how good the Yankees have been this <laughs> yeah. season. They've been playing some good baseball against each other. And like I think last night, I said last night, um, in the Orioles walk-off win 6-5, to five, thanks to Jonathan Scope, yep. uh, that was probably the best baseball game we've seen the Orioles put together all season. You think what, what you got, Machado goes 3-4 for four with two homers. You get... Decent starting pitching from Andrew Kashner. You get uh, Zach Britton coming in the ninth, locking it down, getting the W. And then you get the walk-off from Jonathan Scope, Scope continuing his hitting streak. Um, that was about as put together of a game. <laughs> Remember, Paul, we've been saying on this podcast, or at least I have been all, all season long, like we, the Orioles couldn't put together a complete game, whether it be offensive, defensively, starting pitching, bullpen, whatever. They couldn't put together a complete game yep. to, for a victory. Last night against the Yankees, they did. And it was, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> and baseball, great. Yeah, it was. And it felt like... A game from last year, too. It felt like, you know, the one of the games from uh, basically that highlight run from 2012 to 2016. And even last year, they had captured some of the Orioles' magic. Last year, uh, in extra innings, they were 12-4 and four in those games. Last mm-hmm. night's game didn't go to extras, but it was one in the bottom of the ninth. But it felt like they had so many of those games last season where... Guys would come up big in the ninth inning, especially Machado. Uh, And he wasn't the one that got the walk-off hit, but his best friend did in Jonathan Scope. Uh, and Machado just showing how clutch he is against a team that might end up trading for him in the Yankees. Yeah, and I mean, that bottom of the ninth was something because you, you get Caleb Joseph hit by pitch, gets on base. I mean, that's what you need. You need the leadoff guy on base, yeah. however however it may come. Um, and then uh, Adam Jones with a nice double down the right field line to put him in scoring position, two in scoring position. So all you need is a sack fly. They obviously intentionally walk Machado because yep. Machado's having a huge night and he's 
probably one of the best, if not the best hitter <laughs> yeah. Yeah, on, on this team um, right now. And then Scope comes in and delivers a, a huge a huge base hit. Hot shot right off the uh, first baseman's glove. Um, yeah, and the Orioles have also been so terrible in one-run games this season. Yep. And it was nice to see them put one together and, and get a W. Um, and win six to five. Yeah, and one of the cooler moments too from that game last night was uh, if you haven't heard Joe Angel's call of Machado's first home run, the 440 foot blast off the bat. Uh, Joe Angel says, "There's a swing, and Machado hits a home run." Like <laughs> as the ball's like ten feet from home plate, he already calls it. Yeah, that was um, one of those. But actually, uh, the second one kind of carried because the second one was like you had to judge if it was a home run or not. Wink, wink. Shout out, <laughs> shout out Olivia Witherick because <laughs> it went right over Aaron Judge's glove. Yeah. Uh, but the first one was a no-doubter. I mean, as soon as we, we heard the crack from the where, our office in the warehouse, and yep. he was like, well, that one's gone. Yeah, um, exactly. The other one, funny, with Gary Thorne's call on Masson, <laughs> he just goes, who wants him? <laughs> like, <laughs> who wants Machado? Because he is putting on a show the past couple of days against, obviously, a team who's showing a lot of interest in him. Yeah, absolutely. And every time another team comes to town that might have any interest in him, we know that the clubhouse has been filled with out of town media just trying to get something in the New York media has been no exception. It's impossible to get dinner around here nowadays because yeah. the, the, the press box is filled with uh, outside media, scouts, everyone's coming here to look at, not just Machado too, other guys, and we'll talk about what other guys could possibly be hanging out of Baltimore, but yeah, um, the, obviously all the attention on the Orioles has coming from a trade source or a trade routes, yep. people looking to see what they can get. Uh, from this team that's obviously not going anywhere this season, um, which is unfortunate. But, you know, I think it's a good thing in the sense that, all right, let's see what we got with the young guys, see what we can get in return, and kind of, if we have to go through this rebuild, let's see what we can get. Move forward with it. And I think that's something that, obviously, the fan base has been very divided over the past couple years. Uh, You know, half, half of them wanted them to sell at the deadline last year. The other half wanted to buy. This year, obviously, it's all pretty much on one side. But I think... Now that we at least have a direction, this team isn't hovering around 500. They're not a few games out of the wild card race. This team knows where it's going, and it's headed in the the direction of rebuild. They know they're not they're not going to be handicapped by the fact that they're going to be waiting for Machado to sign. If this team were a few games over 500, and you know there were some indications that Machado would be interested in re-signing, and they had the the money to pay him. They might be handicapped potentially. Same with Jones. Same with a lot of these guys. Same with Britain. They might be tempted to say, let's try and and go for that second wild card spot and see if we can convince these guys to come back. Now, at least they have the freedom of saying we got to deal these guys and get as much as we can for them now. Right. You're not stuck in limbo. You, you exactly. You have your decision made. You know what you're going to do. So and everyone else knows what you're going to do. Yep. So um, with the advantage of that comes is that now people know that you're going to trade. You have these all star pieces to, to trade and valuable pieces. Now you can go out and get the best value from for them. And, yep. and, and I think if the Orioles were, like you said, a little bit above 500 and heading to the break, people or other teams might not be putting together these complete packages for these guys because the Orioles could always just say, OK, well, we're not going to do that. And we're just going to play with them and see what we can do. Yeah. Now that we everyone knows they're trading. All right. Top dollar. What, what, what do you have? Give it to me. We're going to talk about exactly what some of these teams might have to offer. The Yankees, the Indians, among those teams. Let's touch on real quickly, though, the guy, the hero last night, besides Manny Machado, Jonathan Scope, and how good he has been recently. A couple weeks ago, we had a podcast titled, Where is Jonathan Scope? Yep. This time last year, he was an all-star, and it wasn't just one of those throw them an all-star because they don't have any. It was He was a deserved all-star. He was a guy that, up until September, was a potential MVP candidate if the Orioles made the playoffs. And 
he really struggled so far for the first couple months of the season. He was batting, hovering right around 200. Over the last couple weeks, though, he has gotten hot. A lot of these stats coming from our intern slash producer, Brendan Mortensen. Scope is batting 321 over the last 15 games, 448 over the last seven. And since July 1st, he's raised his average from 197 to 227. So still not awesome. But he's getting back into the Jonathan scope that we saw last year a little bit, step by step. Yeah, and he's looking like it too. Uh, yeah. you, what, you can see him at the plate. You, he's more comfortable. He's not forcing the issue. Um, last night, he put a gr- put together a great at-bat for the walk-off. Yep. Uh, a lot of patience. He knows it's coming. He knows what he can do. He can do. And um, yeah, it's good to see. And um, he's, he's, like you said, step by step. I mean, it's it's... It's a struggle to raise your batting average a lot, and we've talked about it. When you're in July, yeah, too, especially. especially. And we talked about it on our other podcast covering the Nationals with Bryce Harper. You know, it's tough to to get out of that funk and, and bring your batting average back up to where it should be. Scope's on the right path, and, and you know, honestly, this team needs it, especially with the uh, impending departure of Machado. Yeah, so let's talk about that impending departure of Machado. We talk about all the time. Uh, exactly what he could get back. Obviously, we know it's just a half-year rental, but some of these teams that are looking to trade for him potentially have some interest in re-signing him after this season. We've heard a lot of names thrown out there over the past few weeks. It could come any day. As we were talking right before this podcast, Bobby, we're just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop in terms of the Machado trade. We're also begging that doesn't happen while we're recording this podcast. Yeah. Like, cause yeah. then this is, that's a, that was a waste of 15 minutes or whatever it is right now. <laughs> cause we had to start all over again. All right, Machado's traded. Exactly. So let's just rush right through this. Uh, <laughs> Uh, So let's start with uh, the Yankees because they are the team that really has gotten, um, I wouldn't say, I would say probably the majority of the talk over the past week of being Machado suitors. Um, I think just at least the past couple of days. I mean, yes. over the past week, we've seen, obviously, Ken Rosenthal say, you know, the front runners are the Brewers and the Dodgers. But over yep. the past couple of days, at least maybe it's because the Yankees are in town. And, you know, obviously you get a little more communication face-to-face time yep. with that. So that probably helps them. But since Monday... The Yankees have been the clear front runner for this, and I know that sticks a pin in a lot of Orioles fans' hearts. Yeah, because yeah. you hate to see um, your best player and your, you know, you who once was thought as the franchise player yeah. go to the evil empire. But on the bright side, think about what you can get in return because the yeah. Yankees have a ton of young talent to, to to dish out. Yeah, and this was a topic we were talking about at winter meetings. You know, would the Orioles even be willing to to trade within the division? Obviously, they're not going to contend the rest of this year. Obviously, they're not going to contend next year. It's just a multiple year uh, rebuild, but it's still extra painful when you have to play him, uh, you know, double digit times a season. Some of the the names that we've heard out there, probably the one that's gotten the most buzz as of late, Justice Sheffield, not spelled Justice I-C-E, Justice U.S. U.S. Uh, Justice Sheffield, 22 years old. He's a pitching prospect. He started the season the 41st prospect in uh, baseball, period, by Baseball America. Uh, and now he's the third best pitching prospect in all of baseball. He's one and two with a 2.25 ERA uh, at the AA level. And he was a guy that um, came over in the Andrew Miller deal a couple of years ago. Uh, definitely the name that I think a lot of Orioles fans could gleam onto if they saw him come back in a Machado deal. Yeah, and I think, you know, with, with these trades, trade talks, you got to think of what your team needs the most or what your organization needs the most. Yep. And with the Orioles, it's obviously going to be pitching. They're going to probably want pitching prospects first because you look down in the minor leagues, they got guys like Ryan Mankhouse or Ryan McKenna, um, Chancisco, I guess technically still a prospect, but young guys in the position players that can that are 
going to come up and play pretty relatively soon. Also, there's still young position player guys out here now. Trey Mancini is relatively young. You get Jonathan Scope for another year, yada, yada, yada. So I think pitching prospects are going to be the front runners for the Orioles are going to want in return. And this kid obviously is one of them. Um, he's a lefty, I believe. And so that's a big bonus. Yeah. Um, and uh, you always want strong left-handed pitchers. I mean, you think about this, but Orioles bullpen guys, I mean, Orioles haven't had a starting left-handed pitcher, I believe, since Wei-Yin Chen. Um, That's and, crazy. And, but then they have strong lefties in the bullpen, so yeah. you add more left-handers, they are very valuable. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, justice, um, justice, just us, justice. Just, just, it's just so, us. It's just us. Yeah. It's just us. So, yeah, yeah, uh, He's a top prospect to look at from the Yankees. Um, and again, I think the pitching is going to be the key. Yeah. But the other thing you, I think you, you should weigh, a lot of people, they, this comes around during draft talk. So it's not best as available. Best available. Because you don't know what your needs are going to be That's three, true. four years down the line. Right. Whenever you're looking to contend, whenever this guy is going to hit his prime. Right. Maybe you strike gold with a free agent pitcher. Maybe somebody you have down in the, maybe Hunter Harvey turns out to be the next ace. So you never know what your needs are going to be three or four years down the line. But these guys are different than draft picks. They're not, you know, they're much closer to the bigs than right. somebody who's just drafted. They're proven prospects. They've had experience in the minor leagues. Exactly. Um, Another question is, is, are you looking for guys who can contribute at the big league level right away yep. or guys who are still a couple years away that you're going to want to build through the system? That's always a question that comes up, too. That's a question that uh, Dan Duquette and Buck Showalter are going to have to figure out as they go about these trade talks. Yeah. Um, I'm not exactly sure where Sheffield lies in that or in terms of is he big league ready or if he's going to be right. a minor league guy. Yeah. Um, but that's another question you have to ask yourself in terms of um, – what are you going to try to get back in these trades? Yeah, exactly. And especially if it's a Machado tr deal, you know, you want one big piece, but you also are going to get a couple extra. You know, hopefully it, it's going to be a three for one deal. We've heard, uh, or a four for one deal potentially. We've heard, you know, the Orioles might try to package him with uh, Zach Britton. And we'll talk about what some of these other guys uh, could fetch. But I do want to touch on some of the other names that we've heard come up in discussions. The Indians, Shane Bieber. Uh, yes, Bieber, as in Justin Bieber. Did he just get engaged? Was that, is that Justin Bieber? Did he? Justin just, Bieber did get engaged. You know that? Uh, Hannah's pointing at me. It's a Baldwin. <laughs> it's a Baldwin. Haley Baldwin nailed it. Oh, look as at me. in Alec Baldwin. Baldwin. It, her. That's his niece. His niece. Yes. It, yeah. Wow. I don't, I don't think it's his daughter. Are they around the same age? Yes, they're both. Let's go like, to our yeah. celebrity expert, Hannah. Right? Hannah looks confused. Um, but, but it's not just Justin gotcha. Bieber. Gotcha, okay. Yeah. This is a Bieber that plays baseball. Gotcha, okay. Is he uh, Canadian? Probably not. Cool. Probably not. <laughs> cool, 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 uh, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, I don't know if he can sing as well. He's 23 years old. Uh, he has actually gotten experience in the big league. So All he right. has been with the Indians at the major league level. Talk about major league ready. He's 4-1 and one with a 3.47 ERA at the big leagues. Um I don't know if the Indians would be willing to give him up, especially if, you know, I, I don't know if they have the money first off and he has any interest in re-signing. So would they be willing to give up a top tier prospect? Manny, that is, you mean? For Manny, yes. Manny resigning. Resigning, yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. Uh, if they would have the money to pay Manny and if he would resign. Right. I don't know if the Indians would be willing to give up a top tier prospect for a half year rental. Is this kid a starter or a bullpen arm? What are we looking at? Starter. Starter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, we talked before we got on air. What the Indians need most is actually bullpen help. Um, so if this kid's not going to be in their bullpen uh, plans for the future, possibly part ways with him because Indians are very good with starting pitching, I believe. Yeah. And the Corey Kluber 
Um, I think it's Salazar's out this year, but I mean, they've got a great rotation. Obviously they've proven over the past couple of years. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's tricky. These, all these young prospect arms, um, and their other guy, uh, Tristan McKenzie. Yep. And, uh, younger guy, younger, not, major league not a major league level, but you know, when you got talk about like, these guys that are, have already contributed to the major leagues, it's tough to part ways with them because you can see what they've done. Um, you know, yeah. was he drafted by the Indians? McKenzie. Oh, sorry. Bieber. Uh, I do not know that. Oh, okay. Could not tell you. So, you know, it's hard to part ways with these guys that come up through your system and now are contributing to the big league club. Um, but you know, if you, the other you thing, a chance to make it. Yeah. yeah. And Machado, and the other thing about Machado going to the Indians is where is he going to play? Because I mean, they've got third baseman and shortstop covered. Um, I just had it up. Sorry. Unbelievable. I had their stats up one second. Just give me a second. <laughs> I had to switch tabs, you know, because I have so many tabs open on the small computer. So obviously Lindor, he's hitting 296. Yeah. Jose Ramirez is hitting 290. They both have over 24 home runs. And I believe both of those guys are all-stars. Yep. Lindor is a reserve, and I think Ramirez is starting. Now, apparently Ramirez can play second, so that Jason Kipnis is, has the most starts at second base for them right now, so apparently he can move to a DH. Yeah. But then what do you do with Edwin Encarnacion, or Kipnis comes off the bench? Right. So the thing about Machado going to the Indians is where is he going to play? Do they have actual room for him to yeah. play right now? Yeah, so that's definitely a question for them. Uh, and it, like you said, both, they should probably be looking first and foremost. At, for some relievers. Yeah, exactly. Not necessarily a, a rental infielder. Right. Um, as great as he may be. Yeah. Uh, one more thing about Tristan McKenzie. He plays for the Akron Rubber Ducks at the AA level. Quack, quack. Is that one of your favorite? Uh, Do you want to be a duckling? Ones? Quack, quack. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't understand that reference, I'm not going to explain it to you. <laughs> John Mulaney. Come back, kid. Watch it right now. All right. Fair. Um, yeah. So besides that, that just about wraps up. Uh, I mean, we'll, we're going to hear a bunch of names come yeah. out in the next couple weeks, probably. Uh, that could be related to a Machado deal. Before we wrap up the Machado talk, does he get traded before the All-Star break? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, you know, uh, I believe it was Rosenthal that was saying, though, that every day that passes, his value decreases slightly because he is a rental. Because right. that's one fewer game that he can play in. You balance that with the fact that deadlines spur action and you're, in theory, going to get the best return closer to the deadline how much of that is a diminishing return as you get closer to the deadline i don't think he gets traded before the deadline people thought he was going to get you mean before the break before the break rather obviously he'll get traded before the deadline but i don't think he gets and i think there part of it has to do with the fact that they're playing the all-star game in the orioles backyard mm -hmm. and he's their only all-star and if he gets traded before the all-star game he's going to be their only representative and he mm -hmm. won't even be on the team at that point. They yeah. can't send somebody else. That'd be kind of sad. So that would be kind of sad. And I think that's something that people are going to pay attention to. I, I think they're going to wait. It might be the day after the All-Star game that they trade him, but yeah. I, I don't see them dealing him before then. But it's who a, knows? I don't know anything. It's an interesting balance because, yes, his value goes down because that's less games he plays, but the closer you get to the deadline, the more desperate teams exactly. get. So it's an interesting balance to yep. play there. I agree. I don't think he'll be traded before the break, but obviously he will be. Yeah. I think he's going to be a deadline guy. Yeah. So and we'll see July 30th or thing, 31st. The other thing is, you know, some people might already think that the Orioles waited too long for this. Look at the Dodgers. A couple months ago, they were really sputtering. Yep. Uh, had very little offense to speak of. And over the past month or so, they've turned it around. There's several games over 500. They're back in the division race. And they've gotten offensive production just about from everybody. They're a team that certainly probably is still in the 
talks for Machado, especially because he could resign there because it's LA and they have money. But they might have lost some leverage there. They might have waited too long. The Dodgers might have made their best offer a month or so ago yeah. and now started to back off and say, you know what? Maybe we'll just wait till the offseason. Yeah. yeah, we'll never know. We will never know, but we will find out eventually where he goes if he goes. If he goes. Uh, some other guys to talk about where they'll go if they'll go. The big four, I think, are the, the four that have generated the most trade talk. Machado, Adam Jones, Zach Britton, and Brad Brock. Um, you know, we uh, Machado covered, let's talk about Adam Jones because he is one of the best Orioles of all time, I believe. Um, he actually spoke with Gary Thorne before one of the game broadcasts in Minnesota. Had some very interesting things to say as to, uh, you know, where he might end up and after the season, given he's a free agent, what could happen there? Somebody comes, chance to win a World Series, they want you. Would you be willing to consider saying, okay, I'll, I'll let the trade go through? If, uh, I think the best scenario is what the, um, what the Yankees did with Chapman. Trade him away, got great pieces, and re-signed him. And he won a World Series and then they re-signed him, so... Uh, so Adam Jones with the biggest wink, wink, nudge, nudge <laughs> of all time. Hey. In the video, he literally looks at the camera and uh, gives it an eye. Interesting that a player would suggest that. Usually, you know, you would hear that from media members speculate that he could be traded to a team, uh, play out the rest of the year with them, make it to the playoffs, and then re-sign with the original team. We saw yep. it happen with this organization before. Mike Bordick yep. has done it before. Mm -hmm. um, could he potentially do? I think that would be an awesome story. Yeah, definitely. And like, and I think Orioles fans, one, obviously would welcome back with open arms. Yep. But two, also kind of respect the honesty there. It's yeah. like, hey, look, you know, go get something for me. You know, what am I going to, I mean, I am batting 281 right now. I'm having a pretty solid season, you know, second best to only to Machado yep. on this team right now. But we're obviously going to be in a rebuild soon. Get something for me. I have little to no. I'm a, entering a free agent year. I have little to no value to you for the rest of the season. Yeah. Go get something in return, and then let's try to make a deal. Because we know Adam loves Baltimore. Yep. We know he his and his family outside of San Diego. They love Baltimore. This is where he wants to stay. This is where he wants to end his career. He's made that very clear multiple times. Yeah. Um, that's a situation where I can see definitely working out. And you know, I think it also says a lot that he's openly said that. Yeah. Like hey. I'd be willing That's to come back. Cool. We yeah. can make something work and I'll be willing to come back. You, you won't lose me if you trade me right now. And I think that's pretty cool that it's, you know, he is not holding any grudges right now. Yeah. Uh, there's no love lost. We know at winter meetings, he was, or not at winter meetings, Fan Fest rather, he was a little upset that um, he hadn't been approached yet about an extension by yeah. Dan Duquette. Now it's, he's basically saying, if you do, if you play your cards right, I'm willing to come back. Yeah. Um, we know that Baltimore is his home, you mentioned. And, it, you know, Mike Bordick talked about last year when he was traded at the deadline and ended up resigning. He basically just lived out of a hotel for a few months. Mm -hmm. um, I could see Adam doing the same thing. He wouldn't want to move his family, especially yeah. if he's traded pretty far. Um, he's going to want to stay here. So that's that would be a great story, especially if they could actually get a legitimate return for him and then kickstart a rebuild and have him back as a veteran presence. Yeah, and this was something I tossed around a couple, well, actually, probably about a month ago, maybe the Orioles could do with Machado. That's a little more unlikely because mm -hmm. it's Manny Machado. He's going to want a long-term extension. Uh, we don't know if the Orioles are going to pay for that. But it definitely could be a situation with Adam Jones. Yeah. Uh, so we talked Machado, we talked Jones, the other two, Brad Brock and Zach Britton. 
uh, I don't know if Britain or Brock would be interested in the same type thing. I don't think they would have much use on a rebuilding team. Uh, well, yeah, uh, but you're talking about they're not, they won't be interested in a trade and resign. Yeah, yeah. I think Britain would be. Potentially. I mean, of the two, probably Britain, yeah. but I don't know. At this point in his career, he's it's getting the up only there organization years. he knows. Yeah. He loves, again, he's another guy who loves Baltimore. He's done a lot for this city, a lot for this team. Yeah. He, and he when, appreciates when the fact out, they stuck with him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and this injury was horrible and, you know, he might be already gone had he not gotten hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know he really likes his team, enjoys being here. Um, and he obviously when he's healthy and, and pitching right, he's the best closer in baseball. If you, I don't know. I, I knowing we've had Zach Britton on uh, All Access a couple times. Yeah. Um, knowing him as personality, I, I can see him being open to it. I'm not saying definitely, yeah. but I could definitely yeah. see him being open to it. Potentially, I don't know how much interest there would be from the organization to you know the first full year of the rebuild to to sign a closer, but. If the numbers match up, you never know. Uh, so besides those two um, who could fetch some return at the deadline, you've got Michael Givens, who's 28, having so far the worst season of his career as a relief pitcher. His ERA is up over five. Um, he's somebody who might have at this time last year had a lot of uh, interest in him from other teams. At this point, I don't know how much interest he's going to generate. Yeah, it's tough. I'm like you said, an ERA around above five. Yeah. Um, he's shown signs in the past that he was a name that popped up last year, and now I think this year before he got hurt, Richard Blyer kind of took that spot yep. of being another reliever outside of Britain to to be on the trade market. Um, but he's, I believe he's entering his first year of arbitration. Yep. Shout out to Brendan again for looking that up. Um, so he's controllable, young controllable arm that, you know, when he's playing well or pitching well, he he's a solid guy to have in your bullpen. Yeah. It's just, I don't know what teams are looking at him right now for, exactly. due to the struggles he's had early this season. A couple other names to throw out there. Mark Trumbo being one. Um, I don't know how much he'd be able to, to bring back. He's got one year left on his contract, 11 million left. He's 32 years old, been injured this season, but he's really turning it around in terms of power. He's had a good month. Uh, he might potentially, I, I don't know how, probably an American league team. Yeah. Um, considering they could use him as a DH. I don't see him, a team trying to really hard to get him in the outfield. Yeah. Um, but somebody who could also potentially bring back, uh, some prospects. Right. It would need to be an American league yeah. team somewhere where he could DH to maybe play first base. Um, and, yeah. And uh, one more name I do want to throw out there, Andrew Kashner, who the, we know the team just signed him. Yeah. But somebody who does not have a whole lot of, I believe, just one year after this with an option on the third. Yep. Um, and he's been great as of uh, the last seven games, 3.47 ERA, in the 7.9 rather, ERA in those last seven games, even though he hasn't gotten a win in any of those. So he has started to look more like the team that, the, the guy that they signed. I know it would be a pretty quick reversal, but I could see them potentially, you know, at least fielding calls on Andrew Kashner. Yeah, uh, teams will probably chime in. I don't know if he'll be dealt, so to speak, but I think people will be looking. He had a good outing last night against a tough Yankees lineup, um, relatively. So if people who are, in de are teams in desperate need of a uh, fifth starter or something like that could, could look at him. Uh, we are obviously going to be playing this later, and we are doing this live. And in our live world, Croatia just advanced in the World Cup. Yep. Got to the finals, correct? Yep. The finals Sunday, they'll play France. You know I know nothing about soccer. I know England. How do you feel about it? I love I love the World Cup. I how do you feel about this? The the Croatia's win. 
Uh, I'm a I'm a Barcelona fan, so I like Luka Modric. Uh, I'm happy for him. I thought England France would be a more entertaining final, but hey, Croatia fought back and they, they scored a they scored two tough goals in extra time or late in the second half, and then now in extra time to uh, to win. I thought England France would be a more entertaining final, but now I'm rooting for Croatia because I'm not a big French supporter. I never really liked them. I do actually respect this team a lot better. I used to hate the old teams, the France teams of old. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like since '06, um, but it should be interesting final they have great fries yeah (laughs) all right hey the world (laughs) cup paul let me talk about the world cup the world cup putting the mic down soccer is the world sport yes it's the world it's the most popular yes i'm asking you it's the most popular sport in the world i thought it was nascar okay the world (laughs) cup is the sports the biggest event yes and i think as an athlete there's nothing more honorable or respectable or cooler, so to speak, than playing for your home country. And so you're playing for your home country on the world's biggest stage of the world's most popular sport. And I think that's so cool. I think that's why the World Cup is the best. All right. End of, end of spiel. <laughs> there's, there's, Thanks, Paul. All right. So you're not watching that World Cup. I probably won't be. Maybe. We're going to miss it because we're going to be covering the uh, celebrity softball game and the Futures game on yes. Sunday. Uh, which, by the way, Bill Nye is playing in the celebrity you oh, love Bill Nye. I'm pumped about You this. skip over all the other athletes that are playing and just go straight to... Forget about John Wall. Forget about... I don't even Josh know. Norman. Josh Norman. All about Bill Nye the science. All right. That's fair. Can't wait to meet him. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, you know, totally fangirl all over him. But uh, let's talk about the, the All-Star Week because uh, I do want to touch on the Futures game. It's the two Orioles prospects that are going to play in that game. Ryan Mountcastle... Uh, the guy that is probably more, a little more well-known than Alex Wells, even though Alex Wells had a great season last year. Mount Castle, 21 years old. He's been having a good season. We talk about, why don't the Orioles bring these guys up? Uh, he's one guy that you can actually make a case for. He's batting 316 at Bowie, um, and he's got eight homers in 57 games. He has lived up to the hype and potentially could be a Manny Machado replacement. Yep. This year or next. Yep, he's been tabbed as that for the past couple of years. Um, obviously, before Machado moved to short, because uh, he Matt Council does play third base. Uh, he's got to keep out. He's playing for the U.S. team on Sunday. Steve Molesky has raved about this kid for for years. Yeah. yeah, he loves this kid. He also loves Alex Wells. Alex Wells is a little less experienced, but he uh, Alex Wells was uh, the organization minor league pitcher of the year last year. Not having as great of a season this year, but he'll play on the world team. Um, he's a, a, a little 21 year old left-handed pitcher. Um, he's pitching at uh, Single A Frederick. He's three and six in 16 starts with a 4.13 ERA, but it's got a one four, it's a seven one WHIP, and uh, his uh, strikeout to walk ratio 2.27. Okay. okay. Respectable. Yeah. yeah. Again, he was much better last year, um, but uh, I, I don't know how. I don't know. Maybe the world team needed pitching. <laughs> I don't know. Because, I mean, he's... Yeah, ask Steve. Steve Muskie's loved both of these guys for... For a couple yeah. for a couple of years, and I think he touched on each of them uh, when we had him on earlier this season. Yeah, as, as guys to keep an eye on the minor leagues. But we'll be covering that from Nationals Park on Sunday. Yeah, uh, on Monday obviously is the home run derby. We'll have a live show there as well, Mass and All Access on all of our Facebook pages. Uh, so be sure to tune in for that. And of course, we'll have at least one show on All Star Game on Tuesday. Yeah, um, potentially two. Hopefully, seeing Manny still in an Orioles uniform. Yep. Uh, hopefully we will we will at least see that and it's right in our backyard at Nationals Park down yeah that's DC. pretty cool I mean uh, I I was maybe just born I was maybe 
couple months old when the all-star game was here at Camden Yards. So I don't really yeah. remember that. <laughs> uh, Giving away your age there. Yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah, it's very cool. It's a once in a lifetime experience. We've been talking about how, or joking really, like how we're kind of not bummed, but like, uh, cause the all-star break is usually like our time away from, cause we cover baseball <laughs> we every day. We can't complain. I know, I, no, yeah. I know, but that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like, uh, it's like, uh, I usually go away. Like I like to go down to the beach during yeah. the all-star break, get away for a little bit. Um, but this is a once in a lifetime experience. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty excited to, to cover all three of these days yeah. and it's gonna be fun. And I'll bet there are going to be some people in the DMV and Baltimore area as well, uh, who are going to be, uh, yeah. I mean, if you had the opportunity to, the, to go, you gotta go. Tickets are Quite expensive. Yeah. I looked them up. Would you rather go to the Home Run Derby or the All-Star Game? You can buy tickets, I believe, where they're, it's like a dual pack for pretty cheap. I'm asking I, you, which you had to pick one. All-Star Game. The game? Yeah. I think no question. Yeah. What do you think? Home Run Derby's pretty cool. I think it's cool on TV. I don't know how cool it is. I think it'd be, I think it'd be cooler in person. Maybe. Because on TV, you're like, okay, I see these guys do this would every you, single night. But in person, you're like, oh my God. It would be cool, I would say, to sit in the outfield for the... Home yeah, derby. yeah. Um, with the potential of catching a ball, I think the All Star Game can sometimes be a little boring because it drags on. There's so many substitutions, yeah. and you know, I th- the AL has dominated in the past couple of years, so sometimes there are blowouts. Yeah. So I think, I, given the opportunity, I think I would maybe pick the home run derby. I would be one of the kids in the outfield during the home run derby, running around, tripping and falling, tripping and falling, yeah. pushing other kids out of the way. Yeah. I hope I would be one of those kids Paul, that, that they would was get five. Exactly. <laughs> they would ask me when I was like 17 and I would just push a kid that's yeah. five out of the way to get a ball. That's always fun too to watch. Always fun. Uh, that's probably the best part of the, of the home run derby. Sure. All right. Um, catch us on Twitter at Paul Mancano at Bobby school, Bobby underscore Blanco. Got it. Uh, mass and all access podcast. Listen to it on SoundCloud. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, anywhere that you can find yep. podcasts. At Mass on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all your all-star coverage next week.